Hello. It's Nia and Trent from the Trident Networks Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested best pasta shape bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough, and remember, may, may the, the thing, thing with, with the, the most votes win. God, it's me again. What now? You lose a sock? Boombox batteries go dead again? Or did you just sprout your first zit? Whoa, some deity woke up on the wrong side of his bed. Yeah, well, you try listening to an ungrateful creature complain about his hangnail while the world is run amok with war, famine, and injustice. Maybe you should do something about those things, too. Hey, Val. Hey, Al. Hey, Nia. Hey, Al and Val. <laughs> welcome to D Commentary. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to Nia and welcome to all of our listeners. Today, we're talking about Miracle in Lane 2. Woohoo! Vroom, vroom. Vroom, Even though these don't. Don't vroom vroom. Uh, <laughs> they do in our hearts. They do in our hearts. Uh, Nia, introduce yourself to everyone. Hey, everybody. Um, my name is Nia D'Amelio. I'm many things, first of which is a fan of Miracle on Lane 2. Um, I, <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, I host a show on the Trident Network called The Tournament Podcast. Yeah. Also a friend of Val and Allie's. And the second... The literal second that they released D commentaries, I was like, "Can I do Miracle in Lane 2? <laughs> and That's here you what are. You need to know about me. I know. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Some might say that Nia has an obsession with Miracle in Lane Two. Some might. Some, some might. might. <laughs> and some are. We'll find out if we're those people. <laughs> Nia's also being modest. She's very uh, important to the Trident Network, and in many ways. Uh, Thank you, Val. <laughs> and she does make the tournament podcast, uh, which is great. But she does a lot more than that. I do what Aww. I can. <laughs> Yay, she we does, love you, Nia. <laughs> she does more than she can, and I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the the info, the lowdown. Uh, Miracle in Lane Two came out May thirteenth, two thousand. So it was still this monthly release schedule. Um, it was directed by DCOM fave Greg Beeman. Buzz buzz, Greg <laughs> Beeman. You will recognize his work from Under Wraps, Brink, and Horse Sense. Uh, Come on now. And Brink in Horse Sense. Yep. We love the B-Man. Fun fact, Brink <laughs> is also in Horse Sense. Um, and which also makes sense, 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 uh, that a star from Brink is also in this movie, which I had completely forgotten. We'll get to that in one second. There's two. There are. There's actually a lot of people. From, there's like a few. There's yeah. a lot of people from a lot of 
his movies in this movie um it's like a reunion of all the other <laughs> that's what it's gonna be like when val is a famous filmmaker she's just gonna yeah. cast all of us in her movies and they're that's gonna be like true. oh my god that's al and Nia are in the movie a 10 <laughs> yep and you're gonna crush it so it's gonna be the right call this uh, movie was written by Joel Kaufman and Donald Yost, whose only other writing credit is Full Court Miracle. So these two wrote two mm. sports movies for the old mouse house and then just <laughs> retired. Hung up, said, the, two and done. hung up the pencil. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> hung up the pencil. <laughs> Hang it up. <laughs> Hang it up, Yost. We're done. <laughs> Did you see that um, the writers and the original Justin Yoder are um, um, Mennonites? Oh, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which, which makes Full Court Miracle make more sense to me somehow, because yeah. they, they are both re- also religious or, or at least Full Court Miracle is a religious movie. Yeah. Well, this is a religious undertone. Yeah. I mean, this does too. He talks to God. Yeah. Exactly. This is a star-studded cast. Frankie Muniz of Agent Cody Banks, My Dog Skip, Malcolm in the Middle, playing Big Justin. Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. So many. I'm so, so much. <laughs> also, a one-week episode uh, arc on um, Criminal Minds. <laughs> <laughs> Was he like? Okay. Was he like a murderer or something? Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, I love that. If I had to guess, anyone in Hollywood was a murderer. Frankie Muniz <laughs> no! probably would be. A <laughs> I'm gonna call you out and say that's a bad read on Frankie Muniz. No way. Yeah. I no. Way. Maybe not really childhood nice. Frankie Muniz, but maybe a current Frankie Muniz. Okay, maybe. Current <laughs> Frankie Muniz just looks like child Frankie Muniz with like a beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, he plays Justin Yoder, who's the main character in the movie. Um, Rick Rosevich plays his dad, Myron. Uh, Yes, very, very hot. Nia's Nia's fanning herself. Welcome to Hot Dad, Cool Dad, Nia. (laughs) Yes. I know you guys talk about this. He is hot potato. You might recognize him from Terminator, from Top Gun. That's what I definitely recognize him from. And from a stint on ER. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly Hagen plays Sheila Yoder, his, uh, Justin's mom. And she's sort of, she's been a character actor for a long, long time, but she's had kind of a big boost in her career in the last few years, starting with, uh, she was in that law and order of the Menendez murders show. Oh, interesting. And then she was on Jane, the Virgin. And then most recently she was on a show called Walker, which I had not heard of, but she's clearly a lead because she's in every episode so mm, uh, nice. she's doing well she is also um an alley friends fact she is also uh has a, a is in an episode of friends ah, ah. great yeah an alley friends fact she's one of those people who's been in like one of everything yeah she's in every woman for sure yeah mm-hmm. she's great though yeah and i think she's very pretty yeah agreed that hair i wish my hair looked like that right oh um, okay, this is our Brink connection. Patrick Levis played Seth Yoder, Justin's older brother, who's the sporty guy. Um, and he is one of Brink's best friends in Brink. Um, and he also was in So Weird with Eric Von Dutton. So those mm-hmm. are his two credits. He's not an actor anymore. If I can say one thing about brother Seth. Yes. Um, when I was young, and we will talk about 
my relationship with this movie. But when I was young and still now today, I am a huge fan of Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. Ah. And I think that the guy who plays Seth looks like Seth MacFarlane. Oh, and yes, when I was yeah. young, I thought it was oh. Seth Because his name was Seth. <laughs> because his name was Seth. <laughs> what a cute connection. That's so cute. Could you imagine, though? <laughs> Seth MacFarlane being a Mennonite. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely the least believable thing about that. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Roger Aaron Brown played Vic, old Vic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a character actor as well. He hasn't like been in anything for a long period of time, but he's been in everything. Um, Tuck Watkins played God slash Bobby Wade. Um, and I recognize him from as being Pistol Pete from Parks and Rec. Uh, but he's been <laughs> oh, wow, in nice. a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll recognize the villain dad, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. His name is Joel McKinnon Miller. Mm-hmm. He's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was also in the 13th year. He's also in Big Love. Oh, Big okay. Love. I've never oh, seen yeah. Big Love. Nice. And then we've got some other overlaps with Horse Sense. Holmes Osborne. He plays the guy who like comes to tell them that they can't participate because of the handbrake. Yeah, the um, guy from the championship. Yeah, league. yeah. He's in Horse Sense, and he's also in Bring It On. Yeah, he's the dad in Bring It On, yeah. Yep. And then um, Frida Fon Chen uh, plays Dr. Kwan in this movie, and she's in Horse Sense. She plays Arlene. I recognized her immediately. Yeah, she's great. I really like her a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, and then, of course, even Steven's dad, because it wouldn't be a Greg Beeman uh, movie without even Steven's dad somewhere. In the- <laughs> it's literally like three seconds. Yeah, I know. And you're like, there he is. <laughs> but he's, that's him. It's in kind of like, um, it's not I Spy, it's Where's Waldo. It's Where's Even Steven's <laughs> yeah, dad. It's literally Where's Even Steven's dad. And I mean, he must be like best friends with Greg Beeman or something, because he yeah. literally is in, in every single one of these. All of these. Yeah. He's the Stan Lee <laughs> Yeah. Movie. <laughs> the, oh my god that's so funny he is Stanley. <laughs> that's hilarious um okay the synopsis is short again <clears throat> determined to keep up with his athletic brother a boy in a wheelchair tries to win a soapbox derby trophy i think that's a great synopsis that is probably the best one we've had it's short it's to the point it doesn't give anything away but it tells you what's happening it's great mm-hmm uh, winner of a synopsis that that synopsis deserves a trophy. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to the let's get to the chatting. Uh, Nia, why don't you tell us why you wanted so badly to be on this particular episode? Okay, I will gladly. Um, there, I spoke to Al and Val earlier in the week, and um. My decom tastes are like very specific and sort of niche. Like I feel like this isn't a very popular decom, but it was one of two that I had like my mom had recorded on like a blank tape for me. The <laughs> other one was True Confessions. And so those two I played all the time. However, Miracle <laughs> Miracle Lane 2's video I don't know what happened, but it was never the whole movie. So <laughs> so I only saw the ending of Miracle in Lane 2 
a few months ago when it came on to Disney Plus. Wait, okay, when did it end for you? (laughs) The ending is perhaps the funniest part. It my tape ended in the middle of the Seth dad fight scene where (gasps) Seth is like, Am I the only one who's afraid that Jason's gonna die? (laughs) (laughs) End of movie. (laughs) No joke. Wow. but nonetheless, I watched it over and over again. Did you know how it ended? Again. Or were you like, this is how it ends? I mean, I didn't, like, I have, until I watched it a few months ago, I had no memory of the ending at all. Okay. Um, but I could, I think, as a kid, you know, everything has a happy ending. So you're like, I never was like, Jason's dead because of that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> like, I, I figured he won, you know, or... Mm-hmm. Something good happened. Right. Oh, but, but that's like, I just think that's so funny that like I used to watch it all the time, despite the fact that it did not have the right ending. That is wow. so funny, but also very of that time, because like you could also turn on the TV and end up two thirds of the way into a movie and still watch mm-hmm. it. Kind of stuck there. Yeah. yeah. Like we were at the mercy of the television schedule. So like mm-hmm. there were a lot of times where you'd see like part of a movie or you'd watch like the end and then they'd restart it and you'd watch the beginning after you watched the end. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that yes. feels on brand for that era for sure. Um, also, I forgot to mention this is based on a true story mm-hmm. and the real Justin Yoder is in the movie for like a very brief second. For a moment. Yes. He's in it. He's in it as long as like the even Stevens dad is in it. Right. Right. Okay. So Nia, let's now let's talk about like, what were your first impressions? You can either use your first impressions, like real first impressions, like when you first watched this, or you can talk about (laughs) when you watched it for today. I'll do my real first impressions. I'll do both. Um, When I was a kid, I think I liked it because I liked watching an underdog succeed. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, I feel like I have a little bit of a, I don't know what to call it. My gut is to call it like a morbid curiosity, which I don't think is the right word. But like when Jason, that scene when Jason like passes out in the Can car. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. His name is Justin. Oh my God. Why did I keep saying Jason? <laughs> you only said it once. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Okay. The scene when Justin passes out in the car um, is like one that sticks. I don't know. I really like dramas. And so this isn't like a full drama, but this is like a kid drama. And so when I was a kid, I was like, there's a lot of gravitas in this movie, (laughs) like really stuff that I can like latch on to. So I think that was my first impression of the movie and, and why I liked it so much. Funnily enough, my first impressions now as an adult watching it or that it's very funny. It's like very whimsical. Like it's a lot of his internal fantasy and that's like very fun. So the exact opposite <laughs> I like <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> well, that's how they help kids process big concepts yeah, by making totally. it kind of whimsical. Mm-hmm. I wrote that it felt like Scrubs. Oh, that's a good connection. It's a really good comparison. Definitely. Yeah. Al, what about you? What were your first impressions? Thanks, Val. I really liked this movie. 
I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well written. And I think looking at my track record, my favorite decom so far are Buzz Buzz, Greg Beeman movies. No surprise. And so I'm going to go ahead and rate this one an eight out of 10. Hey, Whoa. wow. A good score coming from me. <laughs> and um, I don't know that I, I think I've watched it when I was a kid. I don't remember a single thing about it. So I, <laughs> I truly remembered nothing. But I thought it was so fun, so great. The only there were a few things that I didn't really like. Like I'm, you guys know, I'm not a fan of the narration. I get why it was in this movie. I'm just not a big fan. We mm-hmm. can get across everything he's thinking in plot, and we don't really need him there. But I loved the cutaways. I loved the the parents' jury. I loved mm-hmm. I loved all of the asides. Mm-hmm. I thought that. It was well cast. It was well acted. Besides the narration, my biggest qualm with it is that Frankie Muniz's wheelchair was too big for his body. Mm. Yes. It needed to be way smaller. Yeah. And you could tell that he was a little uncomfortable sometimes rolling it around, mostly because it wasn't for a child of his mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't really take a whole lot of notes because I was like watching the entire time. <laughs> which is unlike me <laughs> that's true um val what were your first impressions uh i like this movie too i definitely have seen this multiple times i think i did kind of conflate it with my dog skip a little bit in my brain because there's like similarities in like tone and emotional weight um so i think i like kind of mixed them together a little bit in my memory but i've definitely seen this multiple times although i have definitely not seen it in a long time because i completely forgot most of it and i did really enjoy it i think that while i have so much respect for frankie muniz i mean he literally carries this movie i do i did find him more irritating than i remember finding him mostly his like big face acting that he was doing during the entire movie um but uh really wait, really yeah, bad in the one more time <laughs> really it's really bad in the funeral scene because yeah. he's not speaking and he's talking to two of himself and he's like <laughs> right it's just like a little much but he was he was great like i i, I don't want it to come off like i didn't enjoy him i did um, I'm gonna I, send this to him so he can determine. <laughs> he's gonna know that I think he's vote. currently a serial killer. So <laughs> I hope you do not send this to him. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Frankie. I know you're not. You can say mean things do about you? me. It's okay. Yeah. You can look at my picture and make assumptions. You let me know what you think. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed Seth in this movie. Mm-hmm. Patrick Lovis did a like he was acting really really well it felt very real not overdone at all considering he was a teen playing kind of an a dramatic teen Mm -hmm. and i loved the parents i so appreciate when these movies and it seems like mostly in greg beeman movies there are two parents and they have a healthy relationship with each other. Incredible <laughs> communication skills with one another. Yes, I so appreciate that. And I loved that they had like, that they were like hot for each other. They really- Oh, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. And they, but like 
by the same token, they would call each other out. You know, they like it was a very adult, healthy relationship that we were allowed to see a lot of, which I mm-hmm. very much enjoyed. And mm-hmm. honestly, kind of felt like the thing where it's like men written by women. It kind of felt yeah. like parents written by women, but it, they weren't written by women. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Men- Mennonites? What are these people? Oh, yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe it's Mennonites written by <laughs> men written by Mennonites. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. At first, I was like a little worried about the whole like old man Vic like trope. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it was very it's very home alone. You know, it's like, oh, the scary guy next door. And then it turns mm-hmm. out he's just broken. Um, but I thought he did a good job like his transformation was felt like authentic and not like whiplash um and yeah, i definitely like took him a while which was nice yes exactly like it didn't just happen like a snap like you saw it developing over time and yeah i also really liked the cutaways i thought that the narration worked in this because they made it worth it like it mm-hmm. wasn't just a cheat to like explain things it was very purposeful and it made sense for a kid whose entire life is internal Mm-hmm. Um, who can't really like have many life experiences like of course he would be like writing sketches in his brain mm-hmm. um, and so I thought that was really cool and that they performed it really well because they like took it really seriously in those moments mm-hmm. like it was real um, every single time one of them was in one of those scenes so that was really cool so yeah I uh, I really enjoyed it as well very fun Nia did you have any uh, favorite quotes or moments So there are like there are moments from this movie that I really love. And then there are moments that like stick out from my youth of like rewatching it over and over again. Moments that I loved genuinely are already has been brought up. The court scenes. Totally brilliant. (laughs) The jury of all the moms and dads. (laughs) So funny. Come on. Next scene. If you know me, you know I love cookies. And there are lots of cookie moments in this movie that I remember from my childhood. The one where he's like, they've been out for a while. Yeah. I remembered that. I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they bring he brings new cookies. The only other thing that I was going to mention that really stood out to me was, and this is funny since I said his name wrong earlier but how many times they say the name justin yoder Mm -hmm. the full name throughout the whole movie Mm -hmm. is repeated over and over and over again take a drink when you hear justin yoder you'll be dead by the end of the movie like and i don't i don't know if it's because it's a biopic like i don't know if it's because he is a real person Mm -hmm. um i feel like that is more common in those kinds of situations but like I mean, even we were even hearing like Seth Yoder a bunch, and I was like, yeah. "Why are we hearing their full, their full name all the time? <laughs> like beyond like announces at races, like yeah. it was like everywhere. Like his parents calling him, "Hey, Justin Yoder, come over, come down for dinner." <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> um, cool. Any other stuff before before we move to Al? I think also just that scene when he I know I talked about it earlier, but when he passes out in the car Mm -hmm. um, was like very, he's he's very limp. Mm. Yeah. Something or even when he runs into the mailbox earlier, Mm -hmm. like both of those scenes stuck out to me in my childhood. I think because, you know, they're an apex of a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And as I said before, I love drama. So those things, those two scenes also stand out to me as like scenes I love. Nice. Al? Thanks, Val. <laughs> uh, I know you love when I say that. I love I saying do. it because you laugh. It tickles time. me. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. This bothered me in the beginning and then was confirmed and I was incorrect. But when they were like, just like his dad and just like his brother, he's good at baseball. And I was like, why didn't they mention mom? Just like, that's kind of stupid that like if they're a sports family that like you're not mentioning mom. And then it went into one of my favorite lines where they were talking about Jackie Robinson (laughs) and she goes, well, I hope she does great. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so mom doesn't know sports. That's why they didn't mention her. But if they hadn't mentioned that, I probably would have been sad that they just assumed mom wasn't a sports person. Mm -hmm. Um, they made it like a thing. Like every single time she was at a sporting event, she'd be like, put it in the goal. Get yeah. a three. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever sport she, <laughs> she was, was super cute about it. It was really mm-hmm. fun. Um, I really like the line where, so we'll find out when we do Spoiler City, but um, they make sure that Justin is feeling okay. And so they ask, do you have any headaches? And he goes, only when I do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Um. I love the parent scene where they're about to and uh, he goes "Mm?" and she goes, I wish, but I can't. And I was like that. (laughs) I love I love these parents. Um, There's a moment where um, Vic says, get out. And it was so awkward the way that Vic said it. And Mm. I was like, that was weird. Um, favorite moment, mom's camera wasn't recording during the game because the camera was clearly closed. <laughs> no, <laughs> I admit this went over my head. <laughs> she had a, a, like a camcorder recording yeah. a tiny yeah. tape. It was clearly. No way. Cool. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Whoops. Vic and Vic and dad were working together on something and they went to hug and then Vic was like, no, just high five. Yeah. That was super yes. cute. Uh, I think those were that was one of my favorite like quotes and stuff. Um, I there's a line that we'll talk about at Spoiler City that made me go, "Yeesh!" Oh boy, um, I can't wait to hear what that end. is. Um, <laughs> you probably know what it is, but I don't probably yet because we haven't taken our tops off. Yeah. And Val, quotes or moments? Over to you. Over to you. Over to you, Val. Quotes oh, or moments? Thanks, Sal. Um, I, the first thing I wrote was my legs are linguini and I've got more stitches in my head than a baseball. Super <laughs> I, cute. I, I did like how, and this felt very realistic, like a person who has been ill their entire life has to have this sort of gallows humor about their mm-hmm. situation. Um, and so a lot of the ways that he talked about himself or about death um, had that sort of like dark humor to them, which I really mm-hmm. liked. Mm-hmm. Um, like, right after that, he goes. So once again, we've established that life isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mom. This is another one where she was uh, exemplifying that she didn't understand sports. Go for the gold arches. <laughs> oh yeah, that was cute. We love her. We mm-hmm. love her support. Yep. Um, Al, I thought you were going to say this one. Mom, I'm 12. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought about it. I almost wrote it down. <laughs> and then at one point, Vic says a longer sentence, but it, it, within it, it, he says, full drivers with car phones, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> if only he knew what was coming. Oh, Lord. Uh, I liked the the line that he had 
pulled from a book or something that's like, I take an existential point of view that life and death are just arbitrary states of being. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) I feel like when you've gone through things like that, you, you have a different outlook on life for Mm -hmm. sure. And that was a good, like, I know he's like, I memorized that line because people ask all the time, but it was a fair line. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Also, I don't think this is really a spoiler, even though it happens later in the movie, but (laughs) Seth sees um, Justin like eyeing that girl and he says has man cub discovered fire <laughs> <laughs> that was cute <laughs> that was oh, just made me giggle. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this later but there was a moment towards the end where I cried for the first time in a decom <gasps> whoa mm-hmm. that needs to be a square on the bingo card crying well only yeah. if it starts happening more frequently because otherwise we'll never get bingo well, yeah. well there's some boxes we don't mark <laughs> That's true. <laughs> We've marked, I think, every single one of them at least once, right? Oh, that's good to know. I think so. I think I'm done. Are we ready? Anything else people want to talk about before we go to Spoiler City? A single scene that I did want to mention um, that also stuck out to me when I was a kid was when he barfs the blue slushy. Oh, okay, that was God. something I did want to mention was um, that is also why I didn't rate it a 10 out of 10 is because barf scenes are truly some of my least favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. I would rather watch someone bleed from every orifice of their body <laughs> than watch someone throw up. <laughs> That's I fact. think that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That is. I think that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. It's supposed. It's a. It's not. It stay. It stay down it there. It stays in. Yeah. Stays in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is one of those not better out than in situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Thank you for the Shrek reference, though. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're zooming right down the in our box cars. Tops are off. We're headed down towards the finish line to. Spoiler City. <laughs> that was him running into the ball box. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> no, then you need um, dad going, no, no. no. <laughs> and he like tries to catch him and he rolls on the ground. That was very funny. All right, welcome to Spoiler City, where we spoil the movie. Um, Wow, that was the first time I sang today. Am I feeling okay? Um, (laughs) Mia, typically I will do a rundown of of the movie, but since you are so obsessed with this uh, decom, would you like to uh, do the Spoiler City synopsis today? I will do my darn best. Amazing. And please tell me if I get something wrong. Like the main character's name. And <laughs> I did tell you that. So as we're an, off to a good start. As an aside, I realized why I'm calling why I was calling him Jason, because that is Frankie Muniz's character in Big Fat Liar. Oh, oh. Jason. There we go. So you are like obsessed with Frankie Muniz. <sighs> I love him. Frankfurt um, Muniz. <laughs> so I'm gonna do my best. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> Frank Frankfurt Muniz. <laughs> His name is actually Francisco. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Which is worse? I don't know. I think Frankfurt. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it the first time. That's why Val had asked me what I said. <laughs> um, okay, great. Let's get started. Okay. The movie opens up on Justin Yoder in his bedroom. And he is looking over his front yard. And his very athletic brother, Seth, is like playing with his friends. Maybe basketball because they have a hoop in the driveway. And so he's sort of giving us like a rundown of the fam. He's like, mom's a realtor. 
dad is a professor and a painter. (laughs) (laughs) And we learn pretty much the whole reason for the season at the top of the movie is that like Justin is obviously obsessed with his older brother, Seth, wishes he could be like Seth. And then you don't see him in a wheelchair until the very end of the opening montage. And then you're like, oh, okay, that's why. So then Seth comes in from b-ball <laughs> drenched and he's like oh do i have to go to the funeral and me personally i was like what this is such a <laughs> i don't think we learned about that before that there was a funeral going on but basically he gets out of going to this funeral for their uncle i want to say maynard it was something off the beaten path but so seth gets out of going to this great uncle's funeral justin has to go And so at the funeral, he is, I really love the way this is shot because there is nowhere for his wheelchair to go. So he's in the middle of the church at the funeral Mm -hmm. and he is watching the priest give this eulogy about his uncle. And he's like, what would they say about me? And it's like all about his wheelchair and how like he is insignificant, only his wheelchair and his disability matters. And then in the middle of it, he shouts, what about me? At, in, in a classic, did I say that out loud <laughs> kind of moment? <laughs> so then he goes home. And I think maybe that's the first, that night is maybe the first time we see God, who is Bobby Wade, who as a child I thought was a real NASCAR driver. He is fake. Mm-hmm. But God for him is this race car driver named Bobby Wade. And they have a very conversational kind of relationship. He has talked to him before. He's like, why can't I be good enough? And Bobby Wade's like, I'm fixing my car. (laughs) Please go away. (laughs) So then Justin gets it in his mind that in order to like be a Yoder and like be who he's truly meant to be, he needs to win some kind of trophy because athletics are like a big deal to him and uh, his family. And so he asks if he can sign up for summer league baseball and He enlists the help of his older brother, Seth, to do that. And Seth is like, I'll help you. And then he completely throws Justin under the bus at dinner and is like, he wants to do baseball. And uh, Justin's like, "Okay, thanks. That's when we get our first jury scene. And dad says, no, he can't do it. But grizzly mom is like, yes, we're going to do it. So they go to the baseball field and the guy who's like signing kids up is like, no way. He's a liability. And then mom's like, tell him how you hit a touchdown in Peewee. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, and that's when we get the barf scene. The infamous scene I'm blocking. <laughs> <laughs> what scene are you talking about? I don't know. We'll skip right over that. And then I think at some point, sometime in there, we learn that Seth is going to the doctor, but we don't know why. And... Uh, Justin calls the doctor's office that Seth is going to, and he finds out why, but we don't find out why until later. Um, but in the same Je- scene, he finds lube in his parents. Yeah, <laughs> he finds strawberry mis- scented massage oil, which completely didn't compute to me when I was a kid. <laughs> Those parents were hot for each other. Mm. From from the word jump, mm-hmm. dad comes home and is like, let's do it. And mom's like, I'm on the phone. And then we find out they're going to a funeral. Okay. So can't do baseball. Justin's like, I'm going to do chess. Seth's like, you've never played chess. That becomes clear at the chess tournament when 
Lanny from Lizzie McGuire beats him in a chess tournament. <gasps> Thank you. I was trying to figure out what show he was in. <laughs> oh my god. It's fully Lanny from Lizzie McGuire. Um in his first line ever, because he is Lanny doesn't speak, he says checkmate in this movie. So then he winds up, I think after the chess tournament, he sees his neighbor, old man Vic, at a car show. And the guy who's running the car show is like, Vic's car is the best, but he doesn't have a great personality. <laughs> so he's not going to get a lot of donations. And so Justin is like, I am in a wheelchair and I'm charismatic. People will give me money. And so he basically works the car show for Vic. Vic wins. He's like, what's in it for you? He's like, I just want your trophy. So a couple days go by. Justin hears that Vic has the trophy. And so he goes over to his house, but can't find him. Justin goes into Vic's garage, sees a big box that says like metal components or something like that, and tries to get it from the top shelf. But (laughs) wouldn't you know it, he (laughs) ends up knocking over the whole shelf onto the award-winning car. (laughs) This is classic. So then his parents, in a very tough day of court, decide that he needs to work for Vic for the summer to like pay him back for the damage he's done. They kind of strike up a friendship. It's still a little bit like we're still a little cat and mouse, like we're not very close yet. But definitely one thing Vic says is don't go in that shed. So then like the day that Vic is like, I like you, I'm going to run some errands. You good? Justin is like, yep. And immediately betrays his trust and goes into the shed that he's not supposed to go into. And he sees all these trophies that he's after and a soapbox. And then he starts watching like home movies of a little girl with Vic and an unidentified woman. This little girl was a soapbox champion. Vic comes home. He's like, get out uh, really weirdly. And then Justin is like, I want to be a soapbox car racer. And I think that I can do it. So he doesn't tell anybody that he has betrayed Vic's trust. He's like, I want to do this. And Vic knows how to. And his parents are like, okay, ask him. And so he goes over with fresh baked cookies from mom and is like, now I feel like he's been with Vic enough that he knows kind of just how to push him. So he's like, please, like, I'll be really good. Like, you're the only guy who can do it. Like, please, please, please. And Vic is like, I'll get you started. They go to a soapbox thing. They see how it works. He meets that girl um, that he's going to race later. And then Vic is like, okay, (laughs) this is terrible. Vic is like, okay, I got you started. That's it. And then Justin is like, I'm going to poke the bear one more time and be like, was that little girl your daughter? (laughs) Which is like, wow. Like, he's obviously upset about it. But Vic's like, yes, and feels bad. So he's like, leave me alone. But then Mr. Yoder... His name is weird, too. Myron. 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 Yes. Myron Yoder. Daddy. Big time daddy. Gets obsessed (laughs) with building Jason's soapbox car. And so he is like, I just want Jason to succeed. Jason. I just want Justin to to succeed. um, And I'm going to help build his soapbox car. So meanwhile, Seth is taking some kind of stomach medication for an upset stomach and really wants his dad to come to his baseball game. His dad's like, I'll be there, Scout's Honor. It's pretty hot, honestly. Um, But he's trying to figure out a way for 
Justin's car to brake because he is paralyzed from the waist down and can't use a foot brake. And so as he's getting in the car to go to Seth's baseball game, he pulls on the emergency brake, which like they're not on a hill. Why was it on? Whatever. If it was a stick shift, he would use it every time. Oh, thank you, pal. Mm -hmm. This explains a lot. It literally bugged me. I was like, (laughs) this is a flat surface. I was upset. Um, So he pulls on the brake and he's like, that's it. So he runs back in and builds the whole thing (laughs) in a night. And then uh, Vic helps him do it. And then by the time he realizes he's missed Seth's game, drives to the field and watches them turn the lights off. Devastating. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Comes home. Mama Grizzly's like, you need to talk to Seth. This is your fault. Dad goes and talks to Seth. Seth is like, you only care about Justin. Bye. So then they go to the first practice run that they're going to do. And Justin can't steer. And he ends up crashing into a mailbox. And Vic is like, oh, the wires got crossed. And Justin storms home and finds Seth in the front yard with his friends and is like, you did this. You crossed my wires because you're upset that dad didn't go to your baseball game and he's focusing too much on me. And Seth says, I hate you. I wish you were dead. And that's the moment I said, yeesh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Really tough. Yeah. Tough to hear. But I think that Justin kind of takes it on the chin. He's like, yeesh as well. Yeesh. So I'm not sure how we get out of that. But we find out that Justin, Justin, then lately, like go to like kind of a montage scene where Justin's like, actually, my dad crossed the wires. Yeah, he goes, he Um, says um, nothing like being wrong to shake a guy's confidence. Like (laughs) (laughs) right after this. Yes. (laughs) He's about to race for the first time. So it wasn't Seth. He's at the first race. Seth is there begrudgingly reading a book, I think. And the whole fam is there really, really excited. And Justin wins. And then um, it's kind of like full court press after that through some races until we get to one race where Justin's head hurts. And we we knew from earlier in the movie that if his head hurts, it means that the fluid is not draining from his brain correctly and that could be fatal. So he has a headache, but all he keeps saying to himself is trophy, trophy, trophy. He really wants to win. And like, I'd say like 15, 16th down the hill, he's like almost to the finish line. He like completely loses his sight and passes out and runs into something, like crashes his car. And so he's rushed to the hospital, has a moment with God, and then wakes up and has a moment with the real Bobby Wade, um, where he gives advice on how to drive and Bobby Wade has a bed bedpan and is like demonstrating on his wheel. <laughs> Later keeps the bedpan questions. Um, but Justin is like, don't grip too hard. He's like, focus, like the car is your best friend. He gets all these like weird platitudes about cars. Um, so then Bobby Wade's like, thanks. So then his parents come in and they're like, you okay, champ? <laughs> like They're literally like, you good? Like he almost died. Um, and so then they go home and Seth is like, This is where my tape cut out. Seth is like, am I the only one who cares that Justin might die? Because he doesn't want him to race again. And they find out that the kid who beat him. uh, That's right. Dropped out or something. And so he's going to get to go. Yeah. The nationals. Right. And they're like, heck, yeah. Like mom and dad aren't concerned at all. And Seth is like, only I care. And um, 
I should have said that Justin in the scene where he fights with Seth reveals that he goes to a therapist mm. and and Seth is like, I'm so stressed out about you all the time. And so this is really like a display of his anxiety about his brother. And he feels like he's the only one who worries about him. But he is comforted by Myron, hot, hot Myron. And Myron's like, we all worry, but you can't let it get to you. Hot, so, hot Myron. <laughs> so they go to nationals. They go to like the the soapbox derby championship and bracket time there's a 24 seed bracket of all the <laughs> soapbox racers um and they kind of do like i think there's only one racer no he does the trial and that girl that we saw at his first getting started race that he doesn't race in she's there and she's supposed to be like the best in the land and her dad is like a, like a tough guy like he wants her to win so he does the trial they like yank him out of the car, Justin out of the car, and they like leave. They leave the soapbox ca- box car there. And then with all these other people around, this random dad is like, I didn't pay $20,000 to lose to a kid in a wheelchair, which is tough to hear. He calls him a worse word than that earlier. I didn't want to. I yeah. didn't want to say it, but yeah. he does use a word that begins with a C. Um, so he opens like the hood of the car, I guess you would call it, and sees that he has a handbrake and he takes it to like the board or whatever of the race. And the board comes to the hotel room of the Yoders. (laughs) With the worst take in history. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, this is, they're, they're literally like, we know it would be discriminatory, but this is about principle. Like right. If we have like to accommodate openly. you, then we have to accommodate everybody. <laughs> right. So they're like, you can't race. And they're like, this is BS. So they go in front of the board after their hotel room and they're they're arguing with the board to let Justin race. And then Seth becomes some kind of media guru <laughs> and is like, we studied... <laughs> like media in high school and for the last hour i've been calling like every local station to like get their thoughts on this and he brings in a bunch of reporters and puts public pressure on this these board members honestly it's a genius move but mm-hmm. like has seth shown any interest in school i don't know i also, don't is he gen z for it I, I, know, I know what is going on there are car <laughs> phones in this movie and seth knows to call every reporter in town so <laughs> Um, so they let Justin race and, uh, in the middle of the night they go and like drop golf balls down or something, or they're like inspecting the hill. Yeah. And this is when Justin says like lane one looks better. And I was like, Oh, and then the dad's like, but lane two or like, they talk about lane one and yeah, lane two. Yeah, they compare them. Yeah. So then we do a montage of, from Seth's point of view of like the whole thing until the championship and he's going against the girl. And uh, he's in lane two, when you know it. And Seth, before the race starts, is this when you cried? Yes. Maybe. Seth comes up and is like, I know that you want to be like me, but like you're the most amazing person that I know. And like you're my hero. And he like puts his head to Justin's head. I don't know. It's just such a nice like we're here together in this moment. Meanwhile, all I can... All I can think about is, and here are the peop- are the announcers being like, clear the opening <laughs> gate. They say it like three times. Yeah. Clear the gate. And Seth is like having this beautiful moment with his brother. So then 
Justin is going down the hill. It's a full three minutes. And he is talking about how usually he only sees the track. But right now I'm only like thinking about what Seth said to me. And obviously he wins. Is it a miracle? I don't know. He's like never lost a race. <laughs> so I don't think it's a miracle. But um, he wins. And the girl is like, good job, rookie. And he's like, thanks. And he gets his trophy. And his relationship with Seth is repaired. And uh, then they do a little Justin Yoder changed national soapbox rules with his handbrakes. Montage. And the parents finally sleep together. <laughs> and then it ends in a X-rated scene. <laughs> With that strawberry With massage. The strawberry and the handbrake. <laughs> Please, where is the handbrake in the middle of this? I hate that. Oh, my gosh. So how did oh, I do? That how was, was that? amazing. Incredible. Well done. Thank you. Incredible. You did yeah. great. You hit all the major plot points. Yeah, you did. Awesome. Something that just occurred to me, I think that, like, I part of what was irritating me about Justin or like Frankie Muniz or whatever, other than his face acting was <laughs> I was having trouble. Like I was like, he's literally been asked by this guy who he barely knows not to go in his shed and he's still going in a shed, you know, and before that he's, why is he going in his garage? Like his choices didn't seem to make sense to me or like he seemed to be so like insensitive or like mm -hmm. monomaniacal about this trophy thing. But like the more I think about it, the more I think that every single person in this movie, even when they're making a choice that feels weird, it's not. It's very in line with their experience and their like emotions, because like I was thinking about how I mean, his experience, like we talked about already, is he's very internal um, and he he hasn't had a lot of life experience. Like I, I had a friend in college who had suffered from Crohn's disease mm -hmm. for like most of their childhood. And so they'd kind of like missed out on childhood. And so their experience in college was really different because they were having a lot of these experiences for the first time and they were learning things that most of us had already kind of like learned. social cues and boundaries yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, that's uh, like this kid is 12. And in a lot of ways, he's very precocious. He's very smart. He's very self-aware. But in other ways, he's very stunted because he just mm -hmm. hasn't had the same kind of experience as other kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it, if you think about it that way, it makes more sense. And then like uh, one thing that we haven't talked about is like in that scene where the dad is talking to um, Seth after uh, he misses the baseball game. He literally says, I basically can't bring myself to go to your games because if one of my kids can't play, then I can't, or if I can't celebrate the wins of one of my kids, then I don't want to celebrate any of them. Yes. And, and like, that's so unfair to Seth, but it mm -hmm. also makes sense for this guy. You know, it feels mm -hmm. very real, like a dad who never expected in a million years to have a special needs kid, how he might deal with a situation like this. You know, mm -hmm. he's not a perfect person and it just feels really authentic. And even like when you were talking about how like the parents are kind of flip about his safety sometimes, like mm -hmm. I think that, or even he is flip about his own safety. I think it's like, because there's, so, it's just like, they're almost like their nerves are deadened because right. it's like they're desensitized. Yeah. Like he, like this happens so frequently. Like he had his in the movie had his 25th surgery. Right. So mm -hmm. like if, I mean, if you've gone through that so many times, it's like, you can't 
it can't be as raw as it was the right. first time, right? Because right. you just never survive. Like you wouldn't be able to emotionally like tolerate that. So this is a very like we we talked last week about how like Rip Girls was really emotionally intelligent. And I think this is another very emotionally intelligent uh film. Yeah, I think I think also to go back to the scene where Seth and Dad are fighting in the garage and they talk about the winds of their sons, something that I was uh, thinking about in preparation for this episode, of course, then that went out of my brain the minute we started, <laughs> was that um, I am a younger sibling and my brother got a lot of attention when I was younger. And I think when I was a kid watching this, I sort of like identified with Justin because my older brother received many like public accolades and mm. received a lot of attention in that way. But then watching this as an adult, I felt for Seth in a way that like I don't think I could have seen as a as a kid. So I just I don't know. I just really love the Seth character. And I know that you said that he did a great job with it earlier and he really does. But I just like we we don't even get a full explanation like on why Seth is taking stomach medication because he's so anxious. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that's sort I don't know. He it's, just cares ah. about his brother and he's Yeah, that felt like kind of a like a mi like a minor minor plot hole for me. That he had like, anxiety. Like we're getting this whole thing of like it's so big and then like obviously like you know, like anxiety isn't something to joke about it. It it hurt his stomach so much. Like it, it was anxiety. But like, I just feel like once we found out that's what it was, we didn't get enough of a wrap up from it. Mm. I don't know. It mm -hmm. just didn't feel fulfilled for me. Mm. That's fair. I think they probably tried to to fulfill it or like and round it out in that scene where he breaks down with the dad. Um, yeah. And he sort of like reveals why he's been such a dipshit the entire time because he actually is like really really worried about justin and mm -hmm. it's not because he feels jealous or any of the other things you might expect from mm -hmm. a teenage boy who's used to getting all the attention um and again it's it's one of those things where it's like you you're like why is this person acting like this and then as soon as it's clarified it makes perfect sense every mm -hmm. single thing that they did but mm -hmm. it's if if they didn't land it for you al that's that's okay i mean yeah i don't know there was just something about it that i was like oh I don't maybe I just missed it I don't know maybe it was just like in a moment where I zoned out or something and I was just like I don't know that this comes full circle for me sure I mean they also didn't have a lot of time to address it right because like right. they're focused on other stuff like they had to kind yeah. of wrap Which it, but that's that's the thing is like they spent so much time on that in the first half to two-thirds of the movie that I felt like it was kind of just pushed aside for the last third yeah yeah I think that um another thing with Seth that I think made sense and like worked for me at least was um, how he kind of felt in some moments he still was very childlike because he was a child, but also mm -hmm. he was very adult. You know, he was always like helping put the car on the trailer or the soapbox thing on the trailer. He was always like, you know, doing these like adult things. Like when, when they think that there's an early part in the movie where um, Justin has like a headache and it's like a mm -hmm. false alarm. They think that he needs to go to the hospital and they're all like freaking out. And like Seth is as much a part of like getting things organized and getting them to the hospital yeah. as the parents are. Um, and I think that like that moment at the end, I think that like the whole movie, he's kind of resisting against that. Like 
he's like, I'm, I'm a kid. I want to be a kid. I want to just go play my baseball game and have my dad go to my games and like cheer me mm-hmm. on and like have a normal childhood. Um, and I think that that moment where he is so kind to Justin, I think is him kind of accepting that he can't have a normal childhood and that's okay because in, instead he gets Justin right. and he gets to have that relationship and like he can be the adult in that situation because he just, he's finally accepting that that's his role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of why that really like resonated with me is cause he just kind of like let go and just like allowed himself to be, uh, be what he needed to be and what his mm-hmm. life really was rather than trying to have something he couldn't, which I think is the theme of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um I'm sorry, Nia. Go for it. I was just going to say, I have no transition for this, but should we talk about the fat, fat comment? Line? Yes. I was just going to say that. Yep. <laughs> let's do it. So at the final race, uh, Justin goes up to the girl that he's going to compete against with cookies. Yes? yes. Yes. More cookies. And he is like, do you want one? And she says, no, thanks. I'm watching my weight. Justin says, but you're not fat. She says, I'm not trying to mess up the weight distribution of my soapbox. Like she kind of says it like that because she's like, yeah, Duh. we both do the same thing. And you know how this sport works, you <laughs> idiot. Uh, and then he is like, oh, <laughs> like he he gives this face that is like, oh, yikes. Like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And it's like it's so I mean, this was 2000. Obviously, the conversations have changed, but it's so interesting to me that an entire movie about disability and adversity and society has the has this like horribly blatant fat phobic moment in it. It's just like so strong and it, it and unnecessary it stuck out. Yeah. It, yes. It seems so like, why is this in here? Right. Like she could have they even if they wanted to still make that sort of like a plot point where it's sort of, you know, he goes over and tries to make friends and brings cookies. Well, first of all, they didn't have to have him bring cookies, but even if they wanted to have him bring cookies, like she could have said something like my dad won't let me eat anything before my race or something like that and just left it at that. It's the line where he says, why you're not fat. That is the problem in that in that scene, because. Nobody yes. was talking about that. Like right. <laughs> nobody was saying she was fat. And also yeah. people watch their weight for different reasons. The only answer is not because they're fat. Mm-hmm. And that just really bothered me. So yeah. yes, we needed to address it. Cause yeah. <laughs> and fuck. I mean, she's 12 and she's a 12 year old girl. Yeah. Well, as a, <laughs> as a kid yeah. of that age who had an eating disorder, I this stuck out to me so much and mm-hmm. really made me angry because I had a parent who focused on my weight and made that a thing and made me to this day very self-conscious about my body. And there is literally no need for this in in any movie, but especially in a movie about coming to some kind of acceptance about your own body. Yeah. Yes. Just another reminder that this movie was written by men. Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to Bango. 
Thanks, Paul McCartney. Mary calling like to mango. <laughs> um, as you know, we're trying to hit those sweet, sweet bingo lines. We'll go one at a time. And if we get bingo, we cheer and scream. And if we don't, we cheer and scream because we had fun along the way. Um, awesome. So we're going to start in the top left corner. I'll start today. One hit wonder song. No. No. Breaking the fourth wall. Not that I saw. No, which is surprising given the format of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Holiday themed. Uh, Not unless there's a secret Mennonite holiday. I don't know. (laughs) But it's spooky season. It is. Spooky. Uh, Clunky metaphor. Val. Using gravity to let you like to win the whole thing with like how you grip the wheel or you don't and all that stuff it's all about letting go oh let it go let it go i'm like a dumb idiot so like i would never pick up on that but i will if if that is true to you then i will go with that (laughs) I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, basically, I think all of these have like some kind of metaphor in them. Um, some of them are more obvious than others, but I think I felt like definitely the whole concept of like leaning into gra- like letting g- the gravity of your life kind of like take you and not fighting mm. so much and trying to like, you know, the whole thing with the first rate like time he ever gets in the box and the steering is crisscrossed is because he like it's it's that is a metaphor for like being you know trying too hard and being discombobulated so mm-hmm. i don't know that's at least what i interpreted nice i'll Fair. take it let's do it okay parents who just don't get it i don't think here. so no and they're so cool and hot so hot <laughs> <laughs> um cool non-parent adult vic, vic. is vic cool Oh, yeah, he, he gets turns cool so by the cool. End. Also, he okay. knew Bobby Wade. That was why Bobby Wade came to the hospital room. That's Vic true. He, that's pretty cool, Fair. Vic. Mm-hmm. He doesn't Fair. start off cool and he turns cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a yes. Mm-hmm. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Frankie? Yeah. Was he famous by then? I don't know. <sighs> Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't yeah, think so. I don't so. think so. All right. Com- competition to resolve central problem. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Lane we don't get two. to we don't get to mark this one very often, and I love when we do. Uh, montage sequence. Oh yeah. Yep. Big time. Yep. It's a real long one. Mm-hmm. At least there's only one this time. I think there's two. Oh. Yeah, there's two. <laughs> uh, cliche villains. I would say the closest thing to what I would call like the cliche villain of like someone who is villainous is the dad who cheats to win. Yeah. Yeah. The competitor. Right. Yeah. Like the competitor is a cliche villain. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Closer item you owned. They had a desk lamp that I had. Okay. Nice. Um, Rotten Tomatoes 40 to 60. Okay. Nia, do you know what it is? Or I are don't. you going to guess? Okay. Do you know the, how we do this? Yeah. Okay. It's- Within five, either way. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. For us to feel good about ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to actually guess that it's above 60. I'm going to say 72. I'm going to say 64. Neo wins this round at 61. Wow. OK. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed it was higher than Rip Girls. Audience score 68. OK. OK. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so we don't get the point, the, the box, um, but Nia gets a point in her heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, happily ever after. I would yes. say yes. Almost kissing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Those parents have so much sexual tension. They are almost kissing the entire movie. I will not let us skip by this box. In this <laughs> it's, it's, I agree that it's for sure for them. And I'm pretty sure in the very beginning when Seth is on the soccer field, oh, that yeah. girl he hangs out with almost kisses him. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Someone who became famous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mr. Muniz. Frankfurt Muniz. <laughs> Frankfurt. And, and I like marking um, when we have a lot of character actors who end up having good careers. Yes. Yeah. And pretty much everyone in this movie had a good career. Totally. Mm-hmm. Betraying of one's real friends or values. I don't think so. The way he treats Vic in the beginning of the movie is kind of self-centered, but I don't know if that's like betraying of his values. Yeah, but I feel like it's kind of like to your point earlier of like he just doesn't have those social cues because yeah, right. he's usually at home. Yeah. So it's not so much betraying his friends or values. It's just like he's learning. Yeah. I agree. This movie is not about betraying one's values. It is about a clash of held values yeah yeah, yeah. That's fair. between characters <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so okay your childhood crush mark it mark it <laughs> i love seth and the dad yeah. I, but i as a kid i loved seth a lot am i the only one who had a crush on frankie Muniz? i did not have a crush on. i frankie didn't Muniz. either oh my gosh are you kidding me big fat liar <laughs> nope i mean do it for me this wow. is gonna be the square is covered. This yeah. is yes. This is a yes. <laughs> yes. For a well, I mean, now it's yes, yes, all yes, yes. it's all yes, yes. Daddy Myron. Yes. But oh, yeah, Myron <laughs> and Sheila, they can both get uh, it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Okay. Uh, obviously, bad special effects or stunts every time he crashed. Oh my god, that was not Frankie Muniz. <laughs> That was See, not him. This is again where I'm a big dumb idiot. I didn't notice. But oh, now Mia. I'm gonna watch it. I oh my god. didn't notice, but Mia. I'm gonna watch it again. It is so funny. <laughs> it is so obviously not him. Uh I think it's uh, it's me. Eric Von Denton, Kristen Storms, Ryan Merriman, Kimberly J. Brown, or any Lawrence brother. No, no. I have a question though. Since Nia's guesting on the pod today. And uh, not not spoiler alert. We were we are going to be doing a uh, Tourney Pod D commentaries crossover. We're in it right now. No. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> so so go go do it. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if we can have a special special guest mark of this box because we have Nia today. Ooh, okay. I feel like this should not be my decision. No, I so know I, it is. I approve. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> So we'll just put a picture of Nia on that one. Okay, perfect. I'll I'm perfect. the actor. <laughs> and just so everyone understands why it's this box in particular, um, we we are in the midst right now of crossover week uh, between the tournament podcast and D commentaries. And um, some of you may be listening to us already know this, but for those who don't, um, yesterday a bracket dropped on the tournament podcast that is. Uh, classic like original era um, D commentary stars that is the mm-hmm. bracket 
So, mm-hmm. and we guested on the tournament podcast, so you can hear our voices on that episode if you haven't already. It's um, a lot of laughs. Lot, great time, great time had by all. So um, that is why specifically this box it feels appropriate to mark specially only for, this week. Yes, only this week for Nia and in honor of this crossover event of the season. Nice. Crossover event of the Aww. season, baby. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Yay. Um, musical number would always be better with one. But, but there none. is none. Yes. But there is not. Magic. Nope. Unless you t- count God. Or science because he had 25 surgeries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm think so. Val, Val doesn't want it. Val said science is not magic today. <laughs> not today. It has to be like science that feels like magic. Like good okay. surgery is just good science. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sexy statement, Val. <laughs> That's a sexy statement. Thank you. Um, someone says the title of the movie. No. I was expecting them to, mm-hmm. and they didn't. No, they did not. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby Dude. No. No. No, there's, there's not really like a, a, a thing for him to solve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He just gets better at something over time, which I think right. is just With normal. practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And support. Yes. Uh, the heroes create the problem. Well, it, I guess it depends on what the problem is. Yes. I feel like the problem... The problem is that they're all having issues dealing with the fact that he has this this issue. The problem is, like, communication skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. and processing. Of- and that's not, like, his problem. No. Yeah, I guess it isn't his problem. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll say no. Yeah. <laughs> And last but not least, a lead is a fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. Odd man out. Oh, yeah. All right. Great. Well, Al? No bingo. No bingo. We were close. But we have a, we're going to have a picture of Nia's face. So we win. Al, you got a game for us? Oh, you bet your sweet ass I do, Al. <laughs> <clears throat> this week's fun. Okay. I'm actually really excited. Um, all right. This game is called... Midwest is best. Ooh. Oh, yes. Because this is based in Indiana. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You get it. All right. So um, this movie is set in Goshen, Indiana. It's in Elkhart County, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Elkhart, Indiana slash South. It's not South, South Bend. By South Bend, but near but it's like South close Bend. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a list of movies. You have to guess which state it was in. Your three options are Ohio, Indiana, or Illinois. Oh, great. Okay. Where it, the location is set. Okay. Um, there's there's a good chunk. Okay. So, um, all right. We'll start off with an easy one. Um, and that is A League of Their Own. Illinois. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> all right, Val gets one point. <laughs> <laughs> um it's set in illinois the rockford peaches are mm. are the the team that they play for all right um what state is this in rain man indiana ohio val gets the point it's ohio oh, nice. total guess total guess never even seen it <laughs> good all right all of the halloween movies ohio indiana Neither of you get the point. Okay. It's Illinois. Really? Illinois. Bad at this game, but I'm having L- fun. Truly, 
it. <laughs> Truly, I typed in like movie set in Illinois and it was like all of the Halloween. <laughs> Very funny. Um, another easy one, Mean Girls. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, there we go. We'll both give you, we'll give you a point. Mean Girls is set in the North Shore. So yep. um, right around like, it's based off of, I believe, New Trier High School. Yes, it is. It's near where I went to middle and high school as well. So fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather's. Indiana. It is a a movie and a musical. Nia says Indiana, Val. Indiana. It's Ohio. No. You seem so confident, Nia. (laughs) I was confident. Um, The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, Uh, Illinois. I saw this. Indiana. It's Indiana. Nia gets the point. All right. A Christmas Story. Illinois. Illinois. Indiana. No, no way. Oh. Um, Breakfast Club. Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, you both get a point. Easy one. <laughs> and a hard one. Also one of my favorite movies, Scooby-Doo 2. Gosh, I have no idea. Ohio. Ohio. It is Ohio. Yay! You both get a point. <laughs> All right, now one, five to four. Thank you for playing Midwest is best. I love that. Good job. game. <laughs> that was fun. I like that game. All right. Well, do we have anything we want to wrap up with? Well, we kind of already plugged the crossover event. Anything else you want to say about that, Nia? We're, it's an eight seed bracket. So I think we decided that today would be the second day of the opening round voting. Um, so you still have time. If, if you're just listening to this now, you're getting in on the ground floor still. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about the tourney pod. You can vote. You can vote. Yeah. You can affect what happens. Yeah. On our podcast, you don't get a forking say. <laughs> no, you, you don't do get not. a say, okay? You only have to listen to me and Val's opinions, and you have to accept them as fact. <laughs> if you if you would like to vote, you can go to the, the tridentnetwork.com slash the hyphen tourney hyphen pod, or you can just follow us on Instagram at the tourney pod, or honestly, probably all of the decom socials are probably also sharing ways yes, to vote. So yes, yes, for sure. If you already follow share. decommentaries, then- you're good. <laughs> that is correct. And Nia and Trent are incredible. Listen to all of their podcasts. They yeah. have some pretty fun brackets, um, including a best Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I believe we had mentioned before, um, which uh, is Ratatouille, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, Allie. You guys can't see this, but Allie is holding up a sign that says answer yes or you die. Um, so, yes, it is Ratatouille. <laughs> Uh, wow, Nia, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't express to you how much, how thankful I am that you guys would have me on. I love this movie so much. I don't think there's anyone else we could have had guests. <laughs> Agreed. There's no one who would have fit the bill unless it was Frankie Muniz himself. <laughs> yeah. And then I and he's in jail for murder. Face. So <laughs> he's not coming on this podcast. <laughs> For the record, Absolutely. he's not in jail for murder. Please don't <laughs> sue us, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> don't sue us, Frankie. <laughs> All right. Well, Ania, you're in a dream come true. Thank you so, so much you for guys. joining us. Yeah, thank um, you. It's been a, a, an honor to see you more than once this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I've had a blast both times. Yes. All right. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. Bye, Nia. Bye, Val and Al. 
This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.